Hey everybody, welcome in to the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about this really awesome deal for BSN listeners. If you didn't know by now, Total Beverage is delivering beer, wine, and liquor to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie. For a limited time, Total Beverage is offering $10 off your $50 or more purchase on their website and on their app. Use the promo code BSN10 to save $10 off your $50 or more order when you download the Total Beverage app or go to totalbeverage.com today. Now let's jump into the show. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast, powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Going to work crisscrossing with Jost. Right in, turned out by Jari. That was a one-on-two. And Jost. The best avalanche coverage in Denver. Welcome in. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by Total Beverage. I am your host, Jesse Montano. I am joined by the one and only, the very smart, the very funny, the very talented. Pick another adjective to describe him, AJ Hayfley. AJ, how are we doing today? Are you staying warm? Um, yeah, I've stayed in all day. Uh, I was going to go to practice today, but I was snowed in at the time. So snowed I didn't in. go to practice. Yeah. It wasn't that bad. We were... We were like the last place to get the quote unquote blizzard like conditions out here on the edge of the city. And when I started, when I went upstairs and I uh, opened up the garage door to leave, I was like, nope, I'm not going out in that. Sorry. It was way too windy combined with snow was blowing all over the place and there was already a bunch of it on the ground. And I was just like, "Ah, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not going to get into an accident today so I can cover practice. Yeah. A game. Sure. You got to go to games, but practice. Talking about practice. Yeah. Where's Allen Iverson when you need him? (laughs) AJ, we, uh, we put it out on Twitter earlier. We're going to do something, uh, do something fun, a little bit different today. You, uh, we, we always like to pull ideas from other outlets because let's face it. We aren't the only ones out there and, and other people have good ideas too. So we asked you guys to send in your realistic, uh, what would be trade proposals in in your guys' opinion for, for the abs, for the trade deadline, ways that you think the abs would be better off uh, than they are today. So we've got a handful of those picked out. Before we get to them, we're going to do a little bit of housekeeping, um, a very little bit of, of housekeeping. Uh, Ryan Graves has been recalled from the Colorado Eagles. Anton Lindholm sent down, didn't even get into a game. Don't know necessarily why they called him up. Uh, if they weren't going to play him, if they, I don't know if maybe they were just like trying to get him a nice little pay bump for a few days. Uh, but uh, Anton Lindholm back to the Eagles, Ryan Graves up with the Avs. AJ, can you tell me, does this affect Ryan Graves waiver status or does it kind of reset? 
I have to look into it. I don't. I don't have off the top of my head. Waivers has always been the weakest part of my CBA knowledge, so I need to actually read into it before I can tell you the answer to that correctly, definitively. Because if, for those of you that don't know, when when a player is called up, so in Ryan Gray's position, it was when on his last call up, it was if he played ten games or was with the team for thirty days, he would be waiver eligible. He would, have to re, he would have to repass through waivers in order to go back down to the Eagles. Right, which would mean anybody could claim him. So the abs sent him yeah. down before that. Now, if if calling him back up now completely resets that and you get 10 more games or 30 more days, then what they did made absolute sense. Um, yeah, it's, it's good, smart roster management. I mean, it was yeah. he was already at eight eight games, so they could have they could have had him for a game if they, they he could have played again if they wanted to, but. Well, so I guess maybe in theory you, you play him tomorrow and then you send him back down for the all-star break and then uh, if if it doesn't reset. So Ryan Graves, everyone, was, everyone has been calling for it uh, since he got sent back down. Uh, th- I mean, the kid was dynamite when he was up with the abs last, uh, for his last stint. But you do have to keep in mind, uh, you know, this this is a kid who's who's been in the minors for a while, had a, couldn't break through in, in the Rangers system. So while we saw a lot of things we liked, um, don't get too far ahead of yourself. I think it's great that they're that they're giving this kid another look. I think he he definitely deserves it. He earned it, and um, you hope he can keep building on it. The kid's got to get a little bit quicker. That foot speed's gotta 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 improve. But uh, definitely liked what you saw the first time around. Uh, yeah, I mean. The the limitations were obvious, but uh, he played well, and Mark Barbario has yet to. So uh, I would throw him in that lineup tomorrow, especially against not a very fast team in uh, Minnesota. I think uh, matchup wise, it would uh, make a lot of sense to toss Graves in there against those particular cats and uh, see how it goes. Yellow. There you go. Well, AJ, what do you say we uh, we start off with a couple of these, huh? Yeah, let's get weird. Let's get weird. So, <clears throat> as always, you guys, whenever we put the call out, you respond in droves. So, we won't be able to get to everybody, but we are going to get through what we can. And uh, this will be a weekly thing leading up to February 25th. So, we'll have probably four, maybe five of these shows. Maybe we'll throw a bonus one in there um, between now and, and the trade deadline. So, so, if you don't get yours on today... Keep getting creative. Keep sending them to us because because we're kind of going yep. through and we're reading and we're picking the ones that we think could be realistic. Uh, oh, and, and we're picking ones that we like for whatever reason. You know, I'm not I'm not necessarily focusing 100 percent on realistic, but I am definitely ones that I think are interesting conversations. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's perfect. Let Let's go ahead and start with with the one for me that's that's going to be the easiest one to talk. Uh, about Tyson Berry for William Nylander. AJ, I'll let uh, I'll let you start on this one. Um, I mean it's Tyson Berry and Colorado's second round pick for. William oh, I'm sorry, Berry. I'm sorry, yeah. I missed that. Uh, uh, I so would Tyson not. Colorado's 2019 second in exchange for William Nylander. Yeah, I would not put the second in there. I think they're fine straight up. I haven't had any. I I don't have an issue with the deal. That's fine with me. Uh, I wouldn't touch that deal with a 10 foot pole right now, man. Uh, I understand like William Nylander's (laughs) um, struggling 
uh, and that William, you know, that they're that they're going, he's going through the ringer a little bit of not not getting there and blah blah. Like I get it. Like I understand the reticence to pick him up now, but uh, that's a proven sixty point guy. He's he's going to be just fine. Um, that's he's not a bust. He's he's gonna he's a little more expensive than you'd like, but he'll probably end up being cheaper than Barry. And I think that they'll be uh, they'll be good. I think I think they will. Um, I'm I'm down. I think it's I think that's dope. So, I mean, one if you, if you're making a deal like that, that's that's an obvious shakeup deal. Uh, I guess I don't get where the positive is by adding a, a guy who is going through the worst stretch of his life to a team that is struggling mightily to get to get wins. And I also, and this is the argument I've made for this deal every time it's been brought up. I don't get what you're adding by subtracting Tyson Berry and adding William Nylander. To me, you're, you're getting very, very little as far as an, an upgrade offensively. Well, you're signing, you're signing Kale McCarr, right? You're adding him to your team. And obviously that's down the road. That's, you know, long-term here. Right. Um, you're adding, you're adding McCarr to take Barry's job. And uh, I'm more than open than ever on trading Barry right now. I'm fine with it. Um, I think he needs to go. I think it's time. And um, personally, I'm, I'm, I'm there. You know, the that three point game that he had the other day uh, was Tyson Berry at his best, and we just don't see that as often. Uh, a lot of his points are coming through the your the, the uh, a system where he's being overused, he's being overemphasized. Uh, he's they're they're leaning on him way way too hard for my liking. Um, he's a good player. He's not a great player. Uh, he's not an elite player, and his usage is that of an elite player. And I think that uh, he's taking away from McKinnon and Rantanen on the power play specifically. Um, I just don't think uh, I'm I'm good. I would take Nylander, um, and then you throw in Kale McCarr on the blue line, and I think it's a net positive, especially when you consider contracts and the fact that Barry's likely going to cost more than Nylander will long term. Um, I think that's a good deal. You get a really good player in Nylander to build around um, your secondary scoring. You start building that around. And, you know, then whatever you do with the Ottawa pick, it's likely going to be a forward that you drop into your second line and add him. You've got a guy like Nylander waiting for him. Um, He obviously takes JT Comper's job. Um, And then, you know, you kind of, you just, to me, I think it makes plenty of sense. I'm more than open. I'm 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 more open to it now than I ever have been before. So I'm down with that. I think that's a fun deal. I think it's an easy deal, and I think it makes sense for both teams. If uh, if if uh, Toronto, I was gonna say Washington. God. <laughs> um, if Toronto doesn't necessarily think that Lilia Grin is going to end up being that guy, if if he's going to end up being a huge point producer for them. Uh, you know, he's in his second year in the AHL with the Marlies. He's obviously still very young. He's only 19 years old, uh, but he hasn't shown um, from, I, I haven't watched him play. I, I don't know what his numbers look like. All I know is that uh, I've talked to a couple of people around the league and they feel like he has not shown a huge leap forward uh, this year. And he, it, the step they were hoping he would take hasn't happened yet, but uh, I also know that there have been some issues there uh, this year. So, um, you know, it hasn't been a perfect sophomore season for him, to say the least. 
So I, I the the money thing I completely agree on because Tyson Berry is going to cost you a lot when he gets to uh, to you uh, unrestricted free agency if if you want to keep him. But I guess I don't know why you – to me, if you make that deal at this deadline, you're conceding the playoffs. You're saying we're not going for it this year. We're not going to make it. Uh, uh, I don't think so. I think you just – I think you're just trading problems. Uh, but, but, but I mean, you – how thin would the – because you can't rely on Eric Johnson to stay healthy yeah. down the stretch. I mean, how thin you're are they up adding, front anyway? not adding Kale McCarr this year. Sam Gerrard has been good, but he's still a 19, 20-year-old kid. So, I mean, you're going to be rolling out Patrick Nemeth, Mark Barbario every night. To me, again, if you're going to make that deal, okay, I okay, I get it, I guess. But you're to me, that's basically saying we're not going to make the playoffs this year and we're fine with that. We're, we'll build for next year. And I guess I, I, I'm confused as to why you're done with Tyson Berry. Tyson Berry is having a great year for himself. Yeah, you're is trading. It, you're trading problems. Is, is it, all it really is. You're you're adding a guy to your second line, uh, and and you're getting rid of your uh, your only offensive reliable offensive production from the blue line. And you know that's that's tough. You're, it's going to be tough sledding. It's going to make life harder, but it's going to make the guys up front a little bit better. And uh, you know you bring Kale McCarr in at the end of the year, assuming that you know whatever and. You know, obviously he won't factor in, likely factor heavily into the the playoff race because uh, he'll probably be here the last week of the season or whatever, whatever it ends up being, um, or maybe not, depending on how things go. I don't, I don't, I don't think you're necessarily punting on the playoffs by doing that. I think uh, for me, it's it's I, not necessarily what you're giving up; it's what you're forcing yourself to play every night. By getting, because you're you're going to assume that when uh, Eric Johnson comes back, he gets hurt at least one more time going down the stretch. Yeah, um, may, I mean maybe right, and yeah, I mean, you're, that's you're, obviously going to be a problem either way, you're, you're, with or without Tyson Berry. That's a big problem. Well, right, and and that's why I mean, you and I have had the conversation a thousand times. I would trade Eric Johnson over Tyson Berry every time, mostly because of the injury problems. But that's not the conversation here. Uh, so again, I, I guess I, I don't know why you'd be way more down for trading Tyson Berry when he's having himself a good, a really good season. He's having a solid year. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. And, and I'm always hesitant. Kale McCarr is, I mean, the kid looks like he's going to be an absolute stud. Well, I'd be willing to bet Kale McCarr is a defensive upgrade on Tyson Berry today. Oh, I, I, and, and I would, I would agree with you. Uh, I'd agree with you right there, but. It's just with, with Barry. Um, my problems with Barry are uh, he's uh, he's soaking up too much shot generation, and that's obviously when you look at fancy charts and graphs, they're all about shot generation because the point of the game is to score, and to do that you have to shoot. So I get it, uh, but his shots are coming at the expense of the shots of the guys around him, and I think that's a really big problem. You talk about your secondary scoring isn't isn't what it needs to be. Well, when your fourth highest uh, shooter is is Tyson Berry, almost your third highest shooter uh, is Tyson Berry, and the guy only has five goals on the year, that's that's problematic. If you're going to shoot that many times, man, you need to be creating. You, there needs to be way more uh, than what's going on, and just a little over half of his points are at even strength. He's been he's produced a lot on the power play, but not nearly as much recently. And even strength points are nowhere near what you want out of a guy that's producing that that you're relying on to produce offense. The majority of the game is played at even strength. You want even strength points. 
Right now, he's got some, just not very many. Um, not not as many as you would like for mm-hmm. for a guy that is that's his job, right? And to me, that's those are all those are all issues. And I think that some of those things are, you know, we just we look at the thirty eight points in forty five games and. And you kind of shrug it off and you say, hey, the guy's doing his job. But I think he's kind of a black hole for them right now. Uh, I think that they have to tailor their entire defense around the uniqueness of him. And I think that, uh, hey, you know, I, I believe the abs are 12-0 and 0 in games that he's missed over the last couple of years. And I don't know if that's a coincidence or not, but it certainly is one of those things that makes you go, hmm. So you want to Billy and Bean. It sounds like you have an issue with the system that the abs are running as it as it as it I, goes a lot, I, Barry, so you want to remove that. Am I understanding that correct? Right. And well, and Barry is a unique guy, um, but I think he would be. I think he would help a, a different team in a different situation with a different kind of overall setup a little bit more. I think. Uh, I think he's just kind of like the guy on his own is really good, but what is what is the effect that he's having on the team? And I, I've come around. I've, I've watched enough of it recently that I've started to, to come to the idea that I think uh, as good a player as Tyson Berry really is, I don't think um, I don't want to say like he's worth the trouble because that's way more negative than what I'm intending. <laughs> um, but I'm, but I mean, I just, I, I think William Nylander makes you a better team. And then when you add Makar into the Tyson Berry spot, uh, then you know, I think ultimately you end up better two years down the road than you I, will if you keep Tyson Berry. So I was just about I'm, to say I, I agree with you two years down the road. And and again, yeah. I'm fine with that if you're if when I say you, I don't mean you, AJ Hayes. I, I get it. The general you. If, if if you're willing to say, all right, we're gonna be extremely thin on the blue line for at least this year, we're gonna hope Kale McCarr can come in next year and step right in and fill in that top four role. Um then yeah, I agree because you look at the money situation and and I guess it makes sense. But for me right now, you, you talk about trade value and stock and all that for me to make that deal, I would need something coming back from Toronto. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're getting too hung up on the fact that William Nylander hasn't been good this year. And <laughs> well, that's it's just, that's, that's the reality of, of that business. You're, when your players are hot, they're worth more. And when they've gone 20 games I and mean, they've had four points, not, they're worth not less. really, man. Like not, not really, not, not really. Like, yeah, really. You know, you know, you know who guys are. You know when a guy is just going through a stretch. You know who guys are, and the bad GMs are the ones that are like, "Oh, well, uh, sure, I guess I we'll just get rid of these who, cats." He's had two really solid years. Yeah, but I mean, the guy, the guy's two had two hundred. He's had two hundred NHL games. You have a solid idea of who he is. Now, is he is he the guy who has consistently produced at a certain level uh, throughout his entire career, or is he the guy that's shooting two percent? You just so, don't know. You I'm don't not because I mean. I mean, hey, if if they if Toronto wants to throw in a third round pick or something, cool. I'll take a sweetener. Like I'm not I'm not going to squabble over the picks. I for me, I think it's straight up matters. No firsts get involved. No seconds get involved. I think their value is close enough to to, to being equal. And um, you're trading uh, you're trading cute curly hair for the insane flow of William Nylander. So that's always dope. <laughs> Uh, let's do one more easy one here. And I think, uh, I think this would be the easiest one. Then we'll go to a break. Sergey Bobrovsky for Colorado's first round pick. 
obviously, if I have the option to do that, I'm saying yes all day long. Uh, I'm not. I'm not trading a first. Really? Even in a year when you yeah. have two? Uh-huh. And why not? Uh, well, I'm not trading it for a 30-year-old goaltender who's facing UFA and has been historically god-awful in the postseason. If it's just costing you a first-round pick in a year where you have two, screw it. I, I'm doing it because nah. the, what the Avs have going in net right now is a is a nightmare. No, oh, it's, it's a real problem. Ain't no one, doubt about that. One, I don't think that'd get it done. And, and I guess... Uh, I will say this on Sergei Bobrovsky. As nice as it would be to, to see Bob in, in Denver, look at the Montreal Canadiens and see what having to pay a goaltender $10 million, how that can affect your roster. Yeah, and then there's that. <laughs> right. Are you are you going to pay for him in the offseason? You're going to pay all that money for a guy who, I mean, hey, you have Stanley Cup aspirations, and he's an 891 career goaltender in the postseason. Like, see, but again, so, nor- so that normally kind of contradicts I don't, the last statement. Though. This guy's won the Vesna twice, so you can say that's not who he is. He's only played a handful of playoff games. Sure, I mean he's he's played twenty four playoff games. He's been in five first round series, four first round series that he's played in. Really, and uh, many? all with the Jackets? No, he had one in oh, Philly. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, so he's got three with the Jackets, which they've all lost. What they've lost all of them, and then uh, he's he's five and fourteen in playoff games. He's made 24 appearances. He's made 20 starts. He's 5 and 14 with an 891 save percentage. Like to me, you you're trying to win a Stanley Cup and that's you're rolling the dice that that guy figures it out. Because right now when you're talking and, and you can't say that, that that those things don't necessarily matter because what's the biggest thing standing between Nashville and a Stanley Cup right now? A lot of things in my opinion. I mean, for me, it's the fact that Pekka disappears. It's playoff Pecorine. That's exactly what it is for me. It's playoff Pecorine. Like the guy's amazing. He's, he's, he's really, really, really good. Uh, but then you get into the postseason. you know, I mean, this is a guy that he's got a nine eighteen career save percentage, and then you drop him into the postseason, and it's nine fifteen. So great point there, <laughs> but it's, it's carried by the, the Stanley cup year. Right, where he was without the without the Stanley Cup year, he has almost an entire career. He's his save percentage is in the postseason nine thirty, nine twenty nine, and then it goes all the way down to nine eleven, and then below. So Pecorino has not been good in his career in the in the postseason outside of the Stanley Cup run, and the guy even folded up shop there. So it's. You know, and so when you're talking about Bob, that's a that's a part of the conversation. I think it is, but I, and I don't have this information in front of me. Let me preface this, but I know a lot of those Columbus, or you know, a handful of those Columbus teams were eight seed playing one seeds. Were they've definitely had bad luck because they've been? It's been like, hey, they've I think they've played Pittsburgh twice and Washington, Washington. once. Like, like it's. I actually think it, they've they're they've played those. It's three tough. Teams. Those teams the last three years, they've actually been knocked out by the eventual Stanley Cup champion the last three years, I believe. So uh, I think that's true. So, like, yes, they've obviously run into (laughs) – there are some issues there. (laughs) But But it's – 
I like maybe maybe that's a conditional pick like San Jose did with Evander Kane, where it's a second round pick. But if you get so far in the playoffs and the guy resigns, then it becomes a first. I'd be more open to that because then you're at least protecting yourself and you're saying, hey, if we move on, we got Bob for like the 40, 50th pick, something like, you know, whatever. Right. Um, And then but hey, if he resigns, then you give up the first round pick, but you're okay with that because that that's that's your starting goaltender for however long that contract is ends up being, you know, like, Hey, the next half of a decade, you've solved that while you're expecting the rest of your roster to take a step forward into cup contention. So I'd be fine with a conditional pick like that. I'm not just giving it to him straight up, even with the Ottawa pick sitting there, not for, not for goaltending first, just first, just don't get traded for goalies <laughs> anymore. Like they just, they don't man. Like, mm-hmm. Like Corey Snyder got traded for the ninth overall pick a couple of years ago. Um, I Ryan Miller got traded for a bunch of a bunch of stuff like back in the day. Um, but I mean, th- those are two deals, and you're talking about they they were all like years ago. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, first the first round picks for goalies they just they really just don't happen, man. Right. Well, let's take a let's take a quick break here, and we come back more of your hypothetical trades. This is a BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. We'll be right back. There's nothing more important than family. And for more than a hundred years now, customers have turned to Farmers New World Life Insurance Company and agents like Bryce Babcock to help protect the financial security of their loved ones. What makes us different first off is we're, we're completely customer service oriented, meaning that our goal is every day to be available. The other piece too is that I'm young, I'm 31 years old. And so I'm, I'm hungry and I'm very motivated every single day to continue to make this agency grow. And, and that's just something that, you know, I, I think that I bring that a lot of other agents do. My initial thought was it's expensive and I just don't have money to invest in my long-term future. Everything I have, I need right now. But once I started looking at the options, it's an absolute no-brainer. You can find a life insurance plan that works for you and you should. It's not just about death either. There's whole life insurance policies that actually have cash value that build over time and so on. So Bryce will break all of that down for you for free. The call is a no-brainer. You have to do it. Brandon's 100% right. Plus, Bryce is even giving out a deal specifically for BSN listeners. I'm going to go ahead and send out a $10 Starbucks gift card right right off the bat. And so you don't have to do business with us. You don't have to. There's no payment needed or anything like that. It's something that we're going to do for anyone that comes in from BSN. gives us an opportunity to earn their business. Call 303-996-6509 today. That's 303-996-6509. Welcome back in. This is the second segment of the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Jesse Montano, AJ Hayfley, running through your hypothetical trades. We put the call out for you guys to send us, hey, if you were the one, if you were in Joe Sackick's seat, what would you be doing to improve this team Right now, today, or in one month at the NHL trade deadline, which we are one month and three days out from February 25th at, uh, I believe it's 1 p.m. Mountain Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. So we're running through those. We are kind of grading them. We're debating them, seeing what we like, what we don't like, what would we do different on it. 
And uh, yeah, what do you think? Let's just keep going, AJ. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's dive into a couple of these Edmonton ones because Edmonton, that's where you really feel you could just rip someone off, right? You could uh, you you could trade really anything for for Leon Dreisaitl. You could you could probably trade Matt Nieto, Matt Calvert, and a fifth for Leon Dreisaitl because Peter Shirelli's behind the wheel in Edmonton. Yeah. Um, AJ, let's let's go with one here that I. I think is is uh, worth at least a conversation. Uh, Jesse Puyi-Arvey, Cam Talbot uh, would be coming to the Avs in exchange for Semyon Varlamov and Colorado's 2019 second round pick. Give me your initial thoughts on this one because I think this is uh, this is an interesting one. Uh, well, number one. It, uh... They can't do it um, because they don't have the cap space to take on Varley's five point nine million. Uh, Talbot only makes four point one, and uh, Puljujarvi's is only a nine twenty five ELC. So you're talking the the difference has to get made up in the nine hundred thousand there. Easy enough to do. You just have the abs retain on Varley for like a, what a million dollars. Yeah. So, Screw it. Make it. Make it. Um. Well. Is that not prorated now that it's near the end of this? I mean, I guess whatever. Yeah, what you know, for a few months, once a what's a couple million bucks, a million bucks, right? Um, what do you think outside of the cap restraints? Uh, Which they could figure out easily. Go? It would not right. be an issue. So that uh, if if this deal was close to getting done, that wouldn't be what holds it up. Yeah, because uh, the Avs would only be paying a partial salary for Varley for the rest of the year when you have less mm-hmm. than half the season left to go. So it's it's exactly what they did with Jerome Ginla, where they wrote him a couple checks for a couple hundred thousand no. dollars to end. That's what the they year. did with Cody McLeod too. There you go, uh, Jesse Puljujarvi and Cam Talbot. Oh, by the way, what is all jokes aside? What the hell is Peter Shirelli doing, man? A rookie goaltender to a a four year four point five million dollar per year contract with a no move clause. It's three, but yeah, so, that makes it better, right? right. Uh, and it's and it's a uh, the no movement clause. I think is, has been distorted a little bit. Um, it's not actually a no new, a no movement clause. It ended up being a fifteen team no trade list, so they don't have to protect him in the. Uh, in the expansion draft, they don't want to. So Still, that makes I, it better. Well, no, that's insane. Like I, the, the guy has given them 27 games of nine 11 goaltending. Well, right. And, and he's what? 14, 10 and one, I think. Sure. He's, he's barely above 500 news gave this dude four point. That would almost, that would honestly be like, if the hours were like, Hey, Pavel, we, we like what you're doing in the AHL. <laughs> How would you feel about three years at $3 million per? It's like, no, see what it would really be like is, do you remember the first year that Pickard came up and was the backup? Yeah. And you remember how good he was? He was great. Yeah. The, he had 16 games of nine thirty two goaltending. And then so the next like year, a- the next year he had 20 games of nine twenty two goaltending. He had more of a track record and better numbers than 
Miko Koskinen. Miko Koskinen has today. And it would be like the Avs having given Calvin Pickard that contract. Jeez, dude. Also, Calvin Pickard would have been... He's, what, 26 now? So he would have been... He would have been 22 at the time, 23 at the time. That's the other thing. I actually versus a 30 year old goaltender. I didn't even realize that AJ This is a 30 year old guy playing his first, the, the first 20, his first 20 games in the NHL. And they just gave that dude a 13 and a half million dollar multi-year deal. Yeah. I mean, he had four games with the Islanders a million years ago. And then that's when he, the, the league was like, wow, you're bad. Gotta go. And he ended up over in Europe. He put it. He put together a strong resume. Came back over last year. <laughs> now here we are. <laughs> Talk about screwing up a goaltender market. Four point five billion for that guy. Every goalie's got to be looking around, going, "Oh, I'm getting mine." Right. Yeah. Dude, Varley's got to be licking his chops. Yeah. Varley's like, "You want me to take? You want me to take what now? You want me to take three and a half million? That's a. You see what that guy got?" <laughs> Varley's best chance in UFA, he should be calling Peter Shirelli on July 1 and be like, how much do you want to give me? How, how, how many zeros can we put on this checkbook? Ridiculous, man. Uh, Jesse Pugliarvi, Cam Talbot, in exchange for Colorado's 2019 second and that very Semyon Varlamov. Uh, well, this, I mean... It doesn't really make any sense. They just signed Miko Koskinen to be their goaltender, so why would they trade for one? It's Peter Shirelli, man. Right, sure, and you can always preface any dumb Oilers idea with "It's Peter Shirelli," and you're like, "Fair." He, he gave. <laughs> like, he he is now essentially giving away Jordan Eberle for free. Do, did you? Somebody made a uh, all uh, traded by Shirelli roster. And oh, I'm sure it's, sick. it's good, dude. <laughs> it's got I, it's it's first line. It, the first line of that team is Taylor Hall, Tyler Sagan, and Phil Kessel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's one of the best first lines in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Like and, that line would be so sick together. And I, I would love to also see a. And all what Peter Chiarelli got in return roster. Because I'll bet you that one's not quite as good. Yeah, uh, I think that one probably falls off hard. No kidding, man. So, uh, uh, but yeah, no, point being, uh, I this deal, it doesn't make any sense after the after the Koskinen contract extension. Um, what, the one variation that we've seen a lot of, and I think well, I'll just toss it in here so we don't have to talk about this multiple times. Mm. Uh, is Jost instead of Varlamov for Puglia Yarvi. Uh, and then obviously like Cam Talbot. So if you just swap out Varley for Jost, uh, and it's basically struggling top prospect for struggling top prospect, Colorado would then get Cam Talbot, which would help, uh, you know, maybe, Hey, maybe he gets a new start in Colorado, whatever. You never know. And, um, helps Edmonton with their cap. Colorado gives up the second round pick. I probably wouldn't give up the second round pick uh, if I was giving up Jost instead of Varley. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, maybe, I don't know. Now, what about, what about this What if You know, another suggestion we got here, take the goalies out of it. 
Jost in a second in exchange for uh, Pulley Yarvey and one of Edmonton's firsts. Um, I don't know why Colorado would be entitled to the better pick. I don't necessarily either, but this is but our world. I, Everyone the else is I, the core of the conversation is Pulley Yarvey. What is his value? How much is he worth to you? Is he worth a shot? And, you know, he really hasn't gotten a whole lot of legitimate burn in Edmonton. You know, he's played, a, he's, he's not gotten to play top line minutes. I saw somebody doing a comparison between Rantanen and Puliyarvi, how Rantanen uh, at Puliyarvi's age was next to McKinnon playing first line minutes and getting to figure it out. Um, and it's, I mean, it's a fair point. Edmonton hasn't really given him an extended look there. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's really the question with Puliyarvi, right? Is... I mean, the guy is 13th among forwards, all the forwards who have played for them this year. So obviously that's a ton. Um, but averaging 12 minutes a night. Yeah. Like, that's not great, man. And he's only produced 42 shots on goal. He's got nine points. Yeah. And- you know, and then you kind of, it's kind of iffy. You know, Jost has averaged one minute more. Uh, he's played a couple of extra games um, and he's produced 64 shots on goal and he has 15 points. So for me, I'd be curious. I'd check in on Puli Yarvi. I've always been intrigued. I've always felt like Edmonton, you know, is Edmonton. Right. How many of those top guys have they screwed up and they've gone on to be good elsewhere? Hello, like Taylor Hall. <laughs> well, like Yakupov was like the only one who wasn't. Right. Well, and you got to love... You know, I, I love Tyson Jost. The kid's great, great attitude. I, I think he's got a ton of skill. I still believe in Tyson Jost. But you look at Jesse Pulleyard, I mean, this kid's 6'4", 200 pounds. Uh, same age as Jost, so, you know, still really young. You're not giving up same any Same draft age. year. Same draft year, six picks higher. Uh, to me, this is a kid that, you know, you're, you're not having to mess around with the Is he a center? Is he a wing? You know he's a wing. Um, yeah. And, and and I think that would be one that if if that deal came knocking at my door, I would be really tempted to to pull the trigger on it, just because I think that's a kid. You know, everyone talks about oh the abs are too small, blah 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 blah. You got to get more physical. Well, this is a kid that's got some size. Uh, that's that's one knock on Tyson Jost that you can't argue. The kid's he's a little small. Uh, I think he does a good job trying to overcome it and I don't think he's scared to go into certain areas but I mean there are times the kid just can't hang <laughs> and uh I think you you get a little bit of that size back and uh, uh like I said I'd be really tempted to do it okay but where do you put him because right now I'm not going to put him ahead of Comfer on your second line and now you've you're you've recreated the situation in Edmonton who who is he playing with in Edmonton though uh, most recently or overall or like what? Because he's moved mostly, up and mostly. down. He's moved up and down that lineup pretty thoroughly. You know, like there was a, a time where he was, uh, playing next to, uh, McDavid. And then it was like, he was on the fourth line and it's like, who, like, what is it's, it's kind of been very Jostian in that he's moved around the lineup, uh, a ton. And it, there hasn't really been like a, I don't feel like he's really settled in. 
uh, so then and, and gotten to like, hey, here's a here's a role. Like his to answer to actually answer your question, uh, his most common uh, line mates this year, uh, Nugent Hopkins is his most common center. Um, Kyra is his most common uh, left wing, and then after that, it's Lou Cheech. Drake Kajula, Ryan Strom, Leon Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid. So, I mean, if he's playing mostly with Ryan Nugent Hopkins, uh, I I agree with you. I don't know where you're going to drop him, where he's going to you know get someone better than that at least straight away. Now, to me, this this would be a deal that would maybe make a little bit more sense in the summer if Tyson Jones comes back from his AHL stint, still isn't quite there. In the summer, you know what that Ottawa pick is going to be, so you can say you know if, if it's going to be a if it's going to be a, you know, a, a top three pick, you can say, all right, we're going to get another impact forward that, that Pugliarvi can play with. Um, then I think that's a different conversation, but I, I now knowing that he's playing most commonly with Ryan Nugent Hopkins, I, I agree with you. I don't know where you drop him. I don't know where it makes the most sense. Uh, yeah. and, and you might be doing the exact same thing that, that you're doing with Joe's where you're just trying to find a home for him. Um, like is what's the difference between he's playing next to Nugent Hopkins on their third line and he's playing next to Alexander Kerfoot on Colorado's third line? Ryan Nugent Hopkins is a little bit better. Is he though? I mean, I honestly, I I guess I've never thought about it. Like Nuge was really good early in his career, then he had the injuries, and it really feels to me like he's fallen off. But I guess maybe that's just. I don't. I don't pay super duper close attention. Oh, he's having a great year. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. He's way better. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he's having a good year. Which again, I mean, I, if Puliyarvi's getting to play with him when he's having such a good year and he's not having any effect on that, then that's uh, that's concerning. Yeah. If you look at their advanced numbers, uh, their shot metrics, and all that, uh, both players are better away from each other. So I don't think the Nuge <laughs> Puliyarvi thing is working out so hot. So, uh, I, my, my only, my only real concern about the chasing Puli Yarvi thing is how do you get the most out of him? What do you do with him? Mm -hmm. Because to me, it's like an, it's, you're inheriting the same situation as you would be when that you have with Jost, uh, but with a guy who hasn't been as good in the NHL as Jost has been. So, so, I mean, would this maybe be a, a little bit of an elevated Ryan Graves for Chris Begross situation? Couple players that are a little bit more, uh... yeah. Like maybe, maybe it's like AJ Greer, but you'd obviously have to give extra to get Puliyarvi. No, no, no. But but I'm saying if you were to trade Jost for Puliyarvi, you're saying oh, uh, well, I wouldn't. No, I know, but but I'm saying in in the hypothetical of of this trade, you're saying here's two kids that are just stuck in the mud. We're gonna swap them, and and maybe it works out both. You know, works out for both guys, and they figure it out in a new city. Yeah, that would like, be the only kind of justification behind this. It's very obvious. Pulley Yarvey is a change of scenery guy, right? Right. So that's what that's what you're hoping happens with him is that you know he he's a big guy, moves pretty well, and hopefully he can figure everything else out as he goes. Let's take our final break of the day. When we come back, a couple more of these is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. We will be right back. The biggest benefits of CBD are our cognitive, our neuroprotection, neuroregeneration, anti-inflammatory, 
and then a lot of the most common situations that, that people are taking it are for pain. That is Arthur Jaffe, a former CU Buffs football player and founder of Elixinol, a Colorado-based company focused on providing the highest quality of CBD oil and hemp extracts in the world. Like Arthur mentioned earlier, CBD has significant medical benefits and isn't limited to just athletes. Everyone can take it, from adults and children to even your dog. I wished I would have learned about it or that it would have been more prominent at a younger age to potentially have, have given my father a, a significant opportunity to fight prostate cancer, which ultimately took his life when I was 13. You know, I really think that it would have helped him. Arthur and the folks over at Elixinol's mission is to educate, inspire, and empower others to live naturally healthy, happy lives. To learn more and join the CBD conversation, check out Elixinol.com. Hey, BSN fans, your favorite Colorado sports network has partnered with your favorite Colorado beer, and we're giving them away for free. But in true BSN fashion, we're not letting you go to some major chain for it. We want you to go to your local neighborhood bar and support a real Colorado business. That's why we've created the bar page where any BSN subscriber can go in and get a free beer whenever they want. Just go to bsnbars.com and you can get one free Coors Banquet at any bar on that list. All you have to do is show the bartender the VIP image on that page in your browser and you can retrieve a free Coors Banquet beer at any of those bars. There are over 20 bars there. You're sure to find one close to you. It's bsnbars.com. Find a bar and get a free Coors Banquet on the house. Thanks for listening to the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Third and final segment, BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Before we get into this segment, I got to remind you guys again about Total Beverage. I shouldn't have to. You guys should all already be going there in waves and you should be ordering all over the place because Total Beverage is offering a really awesome deal for BSN listeners, you guys. And if by some miracle you didn't know by now, Total Beverage is delivering beer wine, and liquor to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie. And for a limited time, Total Beverage is offering you $10 off your $50 or more purchase on their website and on their app when you use the promo code BSN10. Use that promo code. You're going to save $10 off of your $50 or more purchase on their app and on their website. AJ, we've got a couple more of these hypothetical trades we are going to be doing this, uh, like we said at the beginning, four or five times between now and the trade deadline. So get those emails coming in. And uh, and if we like your trade, if, if we think it should be discussed, we'll read it here on the show. So we've got a few here um, that, uh, that, that, that we'll use to, uh, to round out today's show. Now, the, uh, the first one that I wanted to talk a little bit about here is JT Comfer, Colorado's 2019 first in exchange for Dougie Hamilton uh, out of Carolina now. AJ, it's a little weird that a defenseman that is universally agreed upon as, hey, this guy's really, really, really good. One of the top defensemen in the league is struggling to find a forever home. There's a lot of questions about, I haven't heard that it's a bad attitude. It's just that he's kind of a guy that keeps to himself. And uh, some teams seem to think that that creates friction in the locker room. What do you think JT Comfer, Colorado's 2019 first in exchange for Dougie Hamilton? 
Uh, it's, it's not enough, obviously, for uh, for Dougie. Um, oh, you don't think that would get it done? No, no, no. Um, I like Comfer, but I don't. <clears throat> I don't think it gets you a Dougie Hamilton. You know. Why do you think he's had such a hard time uh, staying in one place? Uh, no comment. Is that you know something that you don't want to share? Yeah, no comment. <laughs> All right, I'll ask you about that it's, when we stop the microphones. <laughs> it's it's obviously it's obviously not his uh, play on the ice. That's for sure. Huh? Yeah. Oh well, that that's what I'm saying. Is is I mean, this kid's an outstanding defenseman, and and str- I mean, this is this will be his if he gets traded again. His name is already in the rumor mill. Uh, that'll be his fourth team. He's a young kid. I mean, just an absolute stud. Yeah, obviously having a big step back uh, this year. You know, it it has not worked in Carolina the way that it's worked everywhere else in his career. Right. You know, uh, his the goals in his career. I mean, his rookie year where he spent half of the season in Niagara back in the OHL, he had five goals. And then his first full year, he had seven goals. And then after that, it's gone 10, 12, 13, 17. So the guy's been a hell of a goal scorer uh, from from the blue line. This year, he's got six. Mm-hmm. And he's only got 10 assists to boot. You know, this is a guy that's been a 40-point guy four years in a row. Yeah, And, mm-hmm. you know, for, for Boston and Calgary teams that weren't spectacular. Mm-hmm. So Great size on the kid, too. Yeah, I mean, he's great size. I mean, unbelievable size. Mm-hmm. He's got great mobility, especially for his size. Uh, he he doesn't necessarily play like Chris Pronger. You know, he's he's not real. He's not real mean or anything. But he's he moves really well. He moves pucks really well. He's got a great shot. He can chew up tons of minutes. He's on a great contract. Why in the world is this guy out in the rumor mill again? So, you know, it's there you wonder. And it certainly hasn't worked the way that everybody was hoping it would, but I mean, this is a guy that signed for several more years at under six million dollars. Mm-hmm. So and then you get him, and I mean, boy, you don't do you almost don't care what you do with Tyson Berry at that point. Right, right, right. Like, I don't think you'd fight me on William Nylander at that point. No, I would not. Not <laughs> it at would all. be like It'd be like, oh, you replaced Tyson Berry with with Dougie Hamilton, and then you added William Nealon. I we cool, we cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. That's uh, I'm all about that. But so you don't think that what what would it take in addition to JT Comfort, Colorado's 2019 first? Do you think to get Dougie Hamilton here? If that was something you were interested in, knowing that he's obviously got uh, some off ice. I don't know necessarily know if you want to call them issues, but. There seems to be some kind of yeah. friction there. I mean, there's got to be, there's got to be more. Like this guy, uh, you know, he he came over in exchange for Noah Hannafin and Elias Lindholm. You know, that's, um, I think that's two top five picks. Lindholm was either taken fifth or sixth. He was fifth. Mm-hmm. So that's two top five picks. Like JT Comfort, I like JT Comfort. It's not getting it done though. Right. Right. Um, Comfort's having a good year though. <laughs> that's that's a that's a realistic conversation when we talk about Tyson Jost. Um so instead of JT Comfort or in addition to instead of JT Comfort you would say Jost and then, you know, that that pick, the Colorado's pick. And mm-hmm. then, you know, 
probably a defensive prospect or, you know, maybe a, a player off of Colorado's defense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like maybe he's a door off. Oh, and then of course that obviously you're like, Oh, that's starting to hurt a little that, That's okay. Yeah. That that's a deep cut. Right. So at that point, you know, it becomes, I don't know, maybe something like that. Right. Um, yeah. So it's, I, I've That's, liked the idea of Dougie Hamilton in Colorado for the last couple of years. Well, and so uh, the abs, the abs yeah. have been, they've, they've talked to both Boston and Calgary when he was on the market. Maybe they circle back to Carolina. Let's keep it moving here. Um, this is one that you wanted us to preface as, Hey, this is probably a, a summer deal. Not so much of a deadline deal. This might be the last one we talk about. We'll see how long we go on this. Uh, it's an interesting one. If if you were doing this deal in the summer, you would be sending AJ Greer and Colorado's first round pick this season to the Tampa Bay Lightning in exchange for JT Miller. What are your thoughts? AJ? Um, I mean, I love Miller. I've long been a big fan of JT Miller. He's got good size, uh, really good size. Uh, he's super versatile. He can play any of the three forward spots, uh, and he's really good. So, uh, you know, he, uh, this is a, this is a 40 to 50 point guy in my eyes in a top six role, but that versatility, uh, allows him to kind of do whatever in Tampa, you know, he's kind of, he's kind of buried a little bit because their team is completely absurd, Yeah, but you know, like they've, I mean, between Kucherov and Point and Stamkos and Johnson and Yanni Gord coming out of nowhere, um, right. Andre Palat, you know, and then uh, John Cooper, super duper favorite is Alex Kalorn. Mm-hmm. You know, JT Miller's a, he's, he's just a guy in that lineup and he could be a guy that really helps them quite a bit um, on, in, in their depth. That's a, he's a really good middle six guy for them, for, for the avalanche. And, a first round pick, I think, would be appropriate. Um, he, he's a, I think he's a UFA this summer, next summer. Soon, I'll, uh, I'll pull it up. Yeah, I know, I know, it's, it's coming up. Uh, where they're gonna have to have. Oh no, he signed the big extension. Oh yeah, yeah. So he's yeah. 5.2, 5.25 until twenty twenty three. Right. And so that's a really good, that's a, oh, that, that's a contract that's going to age really, really well. Mm-hmm. He's actually uh, so, listed on cap friendly as a center left wing and right wing. So just to further, further yeah. back your point, if he can play any position, I mean, really this dude can't. Yeah. I mean, he's moved all around uh, when he was with the Rangers, he did everything for them. Uh, I'm, I'm less familiar with his uh, usage with Tampa Bay because watching them just kind of makes me mad. Um, <laughs> Because, I mean, it's just, like, so good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> so good. So. Yeah, they're they're on um, another level, man. Yeah. And so that's a deal that I would make. You know, obviously, um, I like Greer, but that's a guy that you can move. You can you can afford to lose Greer in, in that kind of a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the first round pick, obviously, hey. You don't want to give it up, but this is for a guy that's signed long term, who's going to be very cost effective, and he'll be he'll he'll be a super versatile and valuable piece for you. 
You don't have to worry about signing him. And like at 5.25, like $5 million three years from now is going to look totally different than it does today. So for that guy to be signed uh, for another several years, I mean, that that makes that value go way up for me. So And, um, and this is a year you can, you can totally live with uh, giving up a first round pick as long as it's in, in exchange for the right thing because you've got that extra one. So it definitely gives you that little bit of flexibility. I think we're in complete agreement uh, that we would both do that one. If, if it came right down to it and you have that deal staring you in the face, I, yeah. I think we'd both pull the trigger on that one. I'd probably even add a little, like if they wanted a forward, another forward prospect, or if they wanted like a Andrew Ghetto or, well, if this is after the year, it wouldn't be Andrew Ghetto. It'd be somebody else. But I would, I would add in that deal. Um, not not them. like a marginal, another marginal piece for them if they wanted it. Uh, all right, well let's do uh, let's do one more here, and this is another one uh, where where someone's trying to solve Colorado. Sorry, I said I love that deal. <laughs> I, I, I would do it too. I I think it would be. Uh, I, I think that solves some problems for the Abs for sure. And you're not giving up anybody off your roster in that situation, so I think that would yeah. be. Uh, I, I you and I agree. I think that's a good one. Uh, this is the last one, and again, they're they're trying to address goaltending issues here. So this one is Semyon Varlamov and Tyson Jost to the Los Angeles Kings for Jonathan Quick. This is a guy that there are a lot of different opinions on in the NHL. Jonathan Quick, that is. What are your thoughts on a deal like this? Um... I've talked about quick a little bit in previous shows. Uh, that's it makes a lot of sense given their current problems and that quick's greatest asset is his consistency. You know, he's not uh, a super elite, really high end goaltender, but he doesn't have those crazy lows that we're getting in Colorado right now. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a guy that is more often than not in his career. If you go through his entire body of work in his career, uh, he's been a nine, basically a nine seventeen goaltender more often than not. Right, like nine seventeen, nine eighteen. He's had okay. He's had three seasons of of being a nine eighteen goaltender. So we'll say he's been a nine eighteen goaltender more <laughs> often than not. Right. Um. You know, and then he's had a couple of nine twenty pluses, and then he's had a couple of sub nine uh, tens, but they haven't been. You know, like um. A 907 season got followed by a 918. A 902 got followed by a 915. He's having a 904 this season, but he's also behind a god awful team. Horrible, yeah. Like they're horrible, man. They're really, and, really bad. And like watching him get lit up by the Avs over the weekend, I'm not sitting there going, "Wow, Jonathan Quick sucks." I was looking at that Kings team, like, "Holy mother of Moses, these guys got bad in a hurry." Well, in the in the first period, I, I think you and I were both saying it on Twitter. If it's not for Jonathan Quick, that game could have been four nothing in the first. Yeah, they. I mean, <laughs> and like he gets beat cleanly by by Miko Rantanen, but like that's that was an unbelievable shot from from Miko. Yeah, absolutely. Do the injury problems scare you at all? Yeah, absolutely. And so does the contract because it's it goes into his uh it goes through his mid 30s and he, you know, I think it ends when he's 36 years old. Um uh, so and you're you're paying, you know, 5.8 million dollars for that guy through 2023. 
Yeah, he's 33 right now, so that contract would be up, I believe, when he's 37. Okay, depending on – okay. Oh, he ju- he turned 33 yesterday. <laughs> oh, timing. So – Yeah, right. So, okay. So he'd be still, 37. Yeah, so so you, you, the last year of his deal, he'd be 37. And with a guy that relies that much on his flexibility and athleticism, it concerns Yeah, you. he's not – He's not real big. He's only six one, so he's not a huge goalie. Uh, you know, it's not it's not like he can lose a little bit of the athleticism and then be like, "Well, I'm still six foot six, like Pecorino." Right, right. So it's. I think it's an interesting deal. I don't know that I really want to give LA anything. <laughs> I kind of <laughs> just want them to burn. <laughs> uh, like, if you're looking at that, if that organization, and given the horrible luck that they've had with Gabriel Velarde and the contracts that they have on the books already and how old they already are, that might be one where you don't even try and pick the carcass. You just let them burn. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> um, we talked about Sergey Bobrovsky earlier, how he's had no playoff success. Jonathan Quick's got a couple Stanley Cups under his belt. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I don't know. So if, 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 if you're in that room and LA comes to you with, with that deal and – you're not your scary evil self that you just showed. <laughs> if you're just trying to win games and not burn down a staff about that, well, the way you said it was a little scary. I'm not going to lie. You <laughs> used the word carcass before you said, let them burn. <laughs> um, uh, well, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, don't know, get like, caught in your house alone with you. Yeah. You're, well, you know, like if you, if you, rolled up on Hitler's mansion and and it was burning down. You're not going to, you're not calling the fire department. You're going to be like, I'm not Not that the the Kings are Hitler, but I, but I might be running in and grabbing a few things. I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure he had some nice stuff in there. So you're going to risk, you're going to risk your life to try and uh, get some, get some greedy in. That's cool. I think, I think we just learned more about you than me. Hey, it was, was it not last (laughs) week we had the podcast where we said how many potentially Toxic beers would you drink if each one got you a million bucks? Same thing. Yeah, well, and both of us were like, we're good. We'll take the bill. Yeah, we'll take one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, go in. I'd, I'd, I'd run into the foyer and just take like whatever vase or paintings were within arm's reach. You're like, let's just take the front door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't give me a screwdriver. <laughs> is, that like, is that like trading for Tyler Toffoli? Taking the front door of yeah. Hitler's burning yeah. house? Yeah. Eh, keep Jonathan quick. We'll take this. We're out. <laughs> AJ, let's let's get out of here. This podcast is burning down by the second. <laughs> Thank you guys. Uh, just, this is the best like mental image. Like, like Hitler's house is burning, and like you're standing there, like the two of us are debating. Okay, what do we do? Yeah. All right. Well, the what we, how far in do we want to go to steal stuff? Upstairs. We probably we can probably get in the entryway <laughs> and just take whatever's in arm's reach. We'll grab the front door on the way out. Oh my god! Uh, thank you guys so much for participating in this. Honestly, this was uh, this was fun. Uh, we'll, we'll do it again next week. Uh, I can't say for certain what day uh, because you guys know how we go. We kind of fly by the seat of our pants here. On yeah, well, uh, with all of next week off, honestly, it'll be whatever. Yeah. After that, it'll, it's gonna we're gonna have to start getting a lot better at like planning. <laughs> Meh. screw it. 
For AJ Hayfley, I'm Jesse Montano. This has been the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Thank you guys so much for emailing in and thank you guys so much for listening.